you know, my Southern mama told me, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. So when it comes to Alabama, Oklahoma. Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein. That's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Oh, I'm doing uh, pretty good now that we got the Saturday Oklahoma debacle behind us. Now it's just moving forward. Thank you for making us your first listen. We appreciate you you guys. This is brought to you by LinkedIn today. And Jimmy, for some reason, you look like an elderly member of a flock of seagulls with the way your hair is sort of parted over one side and like the ghosting is kind of cutting off part of it. But regardless, that's not even the worst news. I ran, so, I ran so far away. <laughs> I think uh, Oklahoma ran so far away from Alabama. Um, look, I, I did a quick, quick reaction video yesterday. Appreciate anybody who watched that. And, you know, look, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. So I I want everybody to understand, like, we're going to go ahead and say that was a butt kicking of epic proportions. That Alabama has not lost that badly since 2016. Oklahoma has never beaten a top five team that badly ever. So it was a butt kicking. They gave it to us and we took it and we didn't do anything about it. So let's go ahead and just put that to the side. Let's go ahead and say that happened. Because what I hate is when you try to understand the loss, people look at it like you're making excuses. I don't, uh, there's there's no excuses. They beat the fire out of us. But the the one thing that we can say now, not the one thing, the several things we can say now, let's, let's find where things have gone wrong. And I think number one, maybe, maybe, we have underestimated the Darius Miles impact on this team because uh, while we looked incredible against LSU, which was the day of, or maybe just the day before the Darius Miles incident, we looked awesome. The one of the best games Alabama that I've ever watched Alabama play. Since then, we've been okay. We've been okay, and we've shown some mental toughness, but we have. Uh, you know, against Mississippi State, we we certainly had our lapses. We were down by eight or seven points to a bad Mississippi State team at the half. And um, then against Oklahoma, we take an early lead on the uh, free throws uh, by Brandon Miller, and then it's Katie bar the door. So maybe we have underestimated the impact of that. Maybe we're underestimating the impact of how a freshman wall can impact a team. Um, And those are the two big – things to me. Now, one other thing I've seen on message boards is folks are saying, hey, look, this goes to show that if you have a powerful inside presence, Alabama's going to have trouble stopping you. I, okay, that's fair enough because um, UConn certainly had Sonogo, uh, Gonzaga had Timmy, and then uh, Oklahoma had the the bounty spokesman, <laughs> the bounty <laughs> lumberjack. Um, but you know, at the same time, we've played Oscar Shibwe, who is a, a brutal inside force. Uh, we've played some other – we played uh, Tolu Smith at Mississippi State. Uh, we've beaten them both times. I mean, we've played some good inside dudes. And I think that it's it's more about um, 
where you are mentally at the time. When we played UConn, UConn was playing as good as anybody in the country. And we didn't know what we were yet. And they took it to us. We probably needed it. Then that sort of woke us up for a while. We do some good things. Then we played Gonzaga. And we probably went in there a little cocky. By the way, we had one in Birmingham. God knows how long. I don't even know if I want to play an NCAA tournament there. Um, and Drew Timmy, he he does beat us. But, you know, he also has a lot of 10-footers and 12-footers. It wasn't like he was dominating necessarily in the post. He was also shooting uh, some mid-range jumpers that were killing us. And then this particular time, I think it's pretty obvious. Oklahoma had this game, took this game 10 times more seriously than we did. And all credit to Oklahoma. Because I think from coaching staff on down, this was a beatdown, and um, they just took it a little bit more serious. And so I'm not going. I'm not ready to say if you have a great inside presence, you can dominate us. I'm just not ready to say that. Jimmy, your thoughts? My uh, overall thought thought is this: um, basketball is not like football. Um, it's each game is not an event. There's too many games. There's 31 games. I think if you're the number one golfer in the world, which right now I believe is Rory McIlroy, it's Rory or John Rahm. I'm sure one of them's one and one of them's two. But whether you're talking about Rory or John Rahm, they're the best in the whole planet Earth. And I'm not saying our college basketball team is the best on the planet Earth, but they're the best on the planet Earth. And if you ask Rory to go out and shoot 31 rounds of golf, uh, somewhere in that 31 rounds of golf, he's not going to shoot a 66 or a 68 even though he's the best golfer in the world, somewhere in there is going to be a 75, which is disastrous for, for a golfer of his stature. But when you play 31 rounds, one of them, and frankly, more of them, but definitely one of them is just going to be a clunker. I think it was just Alabama's clunker. Uh, it was just a bad Saturday for Alabama, and you ran into the wrong team. I think we may have underestimated Oklahoma a little bit. Now, their, their record's not good, but they have – four losses to top 25 teams by one shot. They're one shot away from a great record, even though they've played a schedule tougher than Alabama's. I mean, if not, we know how hard Alabama's schedule, Alabama's played a ridiculous schedule. Oklahoma's is rated even hot, harder than Alabama's, and they've lost four games to top 25 teams by one shot. So this is a good Oklahoma team having their best day of the year, against an Alabama team having its worst day of the year, and it's just the clunker. Now, I may have a different opinion come Wednesday. I want to see us play Vanderbilt Tuesday. If, if we look situation normal, play great, win easily, it just more, I think, underlines my, my take that it was a clunker. If Alabama plays very poorly against Vanderbilt, then I would agree we're in a slump. Hey, one thing to point out. Mississippi State, we struggled to beat Mississippi State, no doubt. Uh, but, but you know, we only beat them by three. Yesterday, Mississippi State beats TCU, the number 11 team in the country. Uh, I, I took that to mean it doesn't mean Mississippi State is, a, is the number 11 team. It just means that, hey, th these teams are good. They're all really capable. That Mississippi State team that we struggled to beat is obviously a very good team, especially right now. In fact, TCU – humiliated Oklahoma, I think, Tuesday or Wednesday. Oklahoma yeah. humiliates Alabama. Mississippi State, I mean, by definition, because Mississippi State's not very good, humiliates TCU. I don't care if it's a, a single-point game, whatever. 
Um, and then Alabama has beaten Mississippi State twice. So that should tell you that the transitive property doesn't work in basketball either. And sometimes it's about who you play, when you play them, and how hot they are. And Oklahoma, look, there was somebody tweeted at me um, about this, and I'm going to find it while I'm sitting here. This is always good podcasting when you're completely unprepared for what the heck you're about to say. But um, I, I got a tweet from, let's see, it's Ryan hashtag MTN at MTN underscore college. Thank you, Ryan. He said, this makes me feel a little better. It comes from shot quality scores. The actual score was 93-69 Oklahoma. The shot quality score was 82-77 in favor of Alabama. Based on the quality of shots taken, Alabama would win 65% of the time and Oklahoma would win 35% of the time. That is a, I understand that some people say, well, that's a moral victory. It doesn't mean anything. I get it. I think what it's saying is this is an outlier, not a problem. And I think what it's saying is we ran up on a team, and if you saw that Sheffield cat, he was burying things. People were in his face. We played great defense one time. I mean, one time in particular, like all up in his grill, and he pops a three, and it's just money. He was just on fire. Oklahoma could have literally beaten anybody yesterday, and that's okay. It's going to happen. Now, I think it's good to to – have a loss like this. I'm not trying to say I wanted this loss. I'm trying to say it's good to have this, maybe so this team can regroup. Um, Jimmy, let's go ahead and take a break because I, I, I was going to spend two segments on football and one segment on basketball, but I think we got another segment on basketball here. So let's, I want to go ahead and, and do that instead. And right now, I want to tell everybody about LinkedIn. Man, you know how important LinkedIn is to your business. We, we know about it at Robinson Iron. You should know about it as a small business owner yourself or a hiring manager, whatever you are. You know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire quality candidates and qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post company, your job post, I should say, company, and their 875 million profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. Unbelievable. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to and helps you find them faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions may, and they probably will, apply. So, um, Jimmy, I did want to – I really – we could go into another football segment, but I think we can do that tomorrow um, because it would be nice to do it tomorrow. Um, and basketball-wise, here's the thing. Brandon Miller only had 11 points. Now, here is one thing that's mildly concerning. Um, Brandon Miller only had eight points at Houston. Brandon Miller only had 11 points against Oklahoma. Um, where's Brandon Miller in those two moments? Now, against Houston, he made eight crucial, big-time, huge, pressure-packed free throws at the end of the game. At Arkansas, if you remember now, in the second half, he came out and did well. But at Arkansas in the first half, he was non-existent, didn't take a shot. We need Brandon Miller – to understand he's the man. I think he has flashes of understanding he's the man. When he gets hot, he's he knows. He's like, I'm the best player on this court. I'm probably the best player in the country when I'm hot. I, I believe that. But when he's not hot, he still has to know this. 
And now I'm going to chalk it up to his being a freshman. He's a 20 year old freshman, but he's a freshman. Um, the, the more concerning one to me is Noah Clowney. O of his last 20, three point shots, and we cannot tell him to quit shooting them. That's that's not his game. I mean, we can't. I mean, you agree? It's oh, part yeah. of it. Um, so we need him to shoot him, to shoot those threes. And he's got to shoot his way out of this slump. He's just got to. And the shots have not looked, a couple of them have looked bad. If you remember at the beginning of the year, you and I talked about on this podcast how his three-pointers were either splashes or they miss everything. And now he's he's just around the rim with all of them. You know, um, he you would think by mistake you'd make one out of 20. And he he's not. Um so hopefully he can he can work his way out of this slump. Vanderbilt may be a little tougher than we thought. They're coming up on Tuesday night. They played Texas A&M very tough. I watched that game because I'm a glutton for punishment. And it, it wasn't awful. Um, Vanderbilt looked okay. Uh, but I'll, here's another thing. Bradley, Jaden Bradley, also needs to uh, reassert himself. He needs to get back in the groove. But one dude, I'm going to tell you one dude who, uh, if you know who I'm going to say, Rylan Griffin, man. Rylan Griffin, I'm, hey, you want to talk about a bright spot? I thought Rylan Griffin played really well against Oklahoma, and he was not intimidated. I, th- I thought he played really well. I don't know if it's because he's from Texas. I don't know what it is. But I know that he played very well. And when we're trying to find some silver linings in, in a horrible moment, that's one of them. He did play well. Too many guys on the team are not playing well. Uh, Miller's not playing particularly well right now. We know Clowney's in a shooting slump. I think Mark Sears – uh, isn't shooting the ball as well as Mark Sears was. Some of this is a uh, uh, market correction. I think some of it is we were maybe playing a little better than than possible, <laughs> and and now we're sort of sliding back to to reality. Uh, I think some of it is that. I think some of it may be a slump. I think we'll know Tuesday night. Tuesday night will be the verdict. Is this a slump, or was this something quickly corrected? We talked about all season long, Luke, about how, you know, it's just the incredibly rare great team that just has no dip. They're just great from game one all the way through game 31 and then the postseason. You're you're talking about all-time historic teams that do that, and it's just crazy to to hold Alabama to that standard. So I think a dip was inevitable. Uh, I think it's just a matter of how – how quickly the dip is going to be. I mean, is this going to be a two or three game thing or is this going to be a thing that lasts, you know, a few weeks? Uh, I think Tuesday is just sort of the verdict when it comes to that. Yeah. And I had another thought while you were talking, you know, in the first segment, we talked about how sometimes it's not your day and um, you know, even bad teams can, can, or not even, you know, mediocre teams can beat really good teams, whatever. I was watching Rounders today. It's one of my favorite movies, and every time it comes on, I I watch it. I'm a poker guy, and so I enjoy the movie a lot. And um, Matt Damon's character, whose name escapes me in the movie, he he sits down and plays with uh, Johnny Chan uh, in the movie. Johnny Chan, one of the most famous poker players in the world. And he beat him. You know, he beat him for like this one hand. He said, I'm just going to outplay him this one hand. And so he outplayed him for one hand. And he's like, I know Johnny Chan would beat me if I sat there and played several times. But this one hand, I was able to beat him and get my money and move on. And I think that's kind of what this Oklahoma thing is. I mean, we're Johnny Chan. They're Matt Damon. And they, they beat us. They they beat us out of a bunch of money, you know, a bunch of chips right there. And, and, and Jimmy, by the way, while I was also listening to you talk, 
I found the guy you look exactly like right now because of the way that the screen is. It is the villain from the fifth element. That is <laughs> I'm the sixth, I'm the sixth element. <laughs> I'm the sixth element. All right. So let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about um, anything you know about coordinators. I want to talk about some guys getting some offers from Alabama. That's a big deal. We're going to do that right when we come back. You know, Jimmy, one other thing is, boy, I do appreciate the fact that um, Alabama basketball has reached the point where people celebrate by, you know, rushing the court or when national championship winning quarterbacks who are 36 years old go out and get DUIs in Dallas just because we lost so badly. I think that's awesome. Stetson Bennett. Uh, just teasing. Those things happen. I'm, I, that doesn't make Stetson Bennett a bad person, y'all. He's it wasn't a DUI. I think it was just a public intox. Public intox? Okay. Iceberg Goldberg. I can't get in trouble for saying DUI and it wasn't, right? Did I, If I apologize, right? Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's no trouble. And I think Stetson doesn't care. He's just in – he's made some really questionable – I can't believe he turned down the senior bowl and now this. I'm telling you, he's, he, he was already, what, a fifth-round pick? Yeah, before round pick. Now he might be lucky to get picked at all. I mean, you don't need red flags on top of being, you know, five eleven. Well, Jimmy. So, any coordinator news out there? Uh, I wouldn't say that there's any news, uh, but the fact that there's no news is is news. Uh, you know, in terms of what will happen, I think we all all just have guesses at this point. I would say that I think at this point. Any speculation, and, and I mean it as speculation, any speculation that says if you're going to hire Jeremy Pruitt, it probably would have been done by now. Um, I think once you did all the legwork with Alabama and the SEC and the NCA and you had your advice from from everyone, uh, I would think that's all done by now. And, and if it's a yes, it's a yes. And, and, and the fact that he's not the defensive coordinator today as we record this on Sunday – uh, I think it's fair to speculate it won't be Jeremy Pruitt. I'm not reporting it will be because I don't know that it's not. Uh, I don't know. Um, no one knows. Only Nick Saban knows. And Nick Saban may not know who the defensive coordinator is going to be yet. But we're obviously getting closer. It's going to be done soon. I thought it would be done this week. Uh, I, I may have obviously been off a week. Um, it's hard for me to imagine it would go on more than one more week. But you know, uh, there's a lot of Todd Grantham talk out there. Uh, I, I'm I'm not thrilled, uh, to be honest, with that name um, on the surface. And, and I'm talking about how his tenure went at Florida and, and Georgia before that. Uh, I, I'm not thrilled about that. I'm not as negative on it as a lot of the takes that I read, of course, which is just so over the top. And one thing I will say about Grantham if it's Grant, then no one knows. No one knows. We're not saying that. We're not saying that. Uh, but if it is, um, you know, he's landed these jobs. And let's not act like like his name was pulled out of a hat. He's been a defensive coordinator in the NFL. He's been the D.C. at Georgia. He's been the D.C. at Florida. Um, you know, just getting just getting the date with the supermodel is a big deal. Hey, I know it didn't work out. I know you didn't marry her. I know that she she didn't she didn't waking up and, and serving breakfast to him this morning, but getting the dates with the supermodel is pretty pretty impressive stuff. I mean, uh, you know, so I, I think that there is and another thing, Grantham, look at it season by season. 
he has had some impressive seasons as a defensive coordinator. You could focus on the bad ones. You can say he's inconsistent. That's 100% clearly true, but he has landed big-time jobs. He has always run Nick Saban's defense, and he has had some great seasons. Uh, I'll just bring one up that all of y'all know, the 2012 Georgia team that we played in the SEC championship that we barely beat by one play. That Alabama team would go on to wipe out Notre Dame in the national championship game. I think we all agree Georgia was second-best team that season. We won the national championship in that SEC championship game. That was a defense coordinated by Todd Grantham. So let's not act like, like it's been just a disaster from minute number one all the way through his career. That's just totally not true. And at Alabama, he will have the best head coach he's ever had. He'll have the best players he's ever had. So I, I, I for one, plan to watch next season. All of y'all that think our program's in the trash because we're hiring Todd Grantham, then y'all watch something else next uh, next fall. Y'all go fishing or whatever y'all want to do. I'm going to watch Alabama, and frankly, I'm going to watch us win a bunch of football games. Tell them, Jimmy. No crap. Uh, all right, so I want to talk now about some new offers. Uh, sure. K.J. Lacey, the quarterback from yeah. Fairland, who is a teammate of Ryan Williams, who is probably – he might be the best wide receiver in any class right now. I mean, he just was awesome for Sarah Land last year as they went on to win a state championship. And um, K.J. Lacey is his quarterback. He's a really good player. And also DeMarcus Riddick. This is a guy that Kirby Smart came to Alexander City the other day. He's committed to Georgia. Kirby Smart came to um, Alexander City to watch him play basketball as his Chilton County team was playing Benjamin Russell High School. And that was all the rage uh, in Ellick City, where I'm from. Uh, the, the fact that Kirby Smart was there and ate at JR Sports Bar and Grill. Um but, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, those two offers are kind of big, if you ask me. Um, I think it's awesome. There was a big junior weekend this past weekend. We will get more into that, but I really want you to emphasize and talk about these two particular offers because I'm all for K.J. Lacey. I'm, I'm pro K.J. Lacey, and I'm very pro Demarcus Riddick. He looks like a dude. He looks like somebody who's getting ready to uh, star in the new Creed movie. I mean, he looks like a just a badass. Yeah, uh, KJ, uh, you know, this is how I feel about him. Now, I'm, I'm admittedly biased. He's a QB country guy. Uh, met KJ and his dad, just great, great people. Uh, starting quarterback in the ninth grade at Daphne, transfers to Sarah Land, surrounded by all those great players. Sarah Land immediately wins a state championship as a 10th grade starting quarterback. He has a lot of Bryce Young traits. I'm just being honest. That, that's 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 just for real. I mean, he, he plays like Bryce. He wears number nine on purpose. He's a big Bryce fan. Um, I put it this way. I think Alabama has put itself in a position where they could sign the number one quarterback in the class in the country each and every cycle right now. And I can't tell you about all the 2025 quarterbacks. It's just too early for me to tell you about every great sophomore quarterback in the United States. I'll just say this. I'll take KJ Lacey right now. I don't care what anybody else looks like. I mean, I don't, I don't care that the number one quarterback in California and the 2025 group likes Alabama or the number one quarterback in Texas or Florida likes Alabama. I don't care. I'll take KJ right now, not think twice about it. That's me. And I'm super biased. I'm a hundred percent sure Alabama doesn't feel that way. They're smarter than I am not quite as emotional about these things. And they're going to look for the best quarterback in the country. And, and the offer to KJ indicates that Alabama feels KJ is among the best 25 uh, 2025 quarterbacks in the country. KJ really needs to come to camp 
at Alabama this summer and prove it on the field uh, with his peers uh, throwing alongside him that he's the best and that Alabama needs to take him. And uh, I think that's a possibility. Uh, I mentioned Alabama's camp because I think Demarcus Riddick, that's the story with him. Get asked all the time, why does Riddick not have an Alabama offer? Well, he does now. And, and, and why did he commit to Georgia without an Alabama offer? And it's a, a pretty simple um, explanation. I mean, Alabama takes its camps very seriously. Alabama takes the in-person evaluation very seriously. And last summer, DeMarcus uh, went to camp at Georgia and didn't go to camp at Alabama. He just didn't come to Alabama's camp. So Alabama didn't have enough, uh, they felt, to take him. Keep in mind, offers can be takes. And when you offer a kid, in many instances, you have to offer a kid that you're ready to take. Um, particularly with a kid that has as much acclaim as Riddick. So Alabama would like to see this kid in camp. Alabama offered him this weekend. I'm sure that offer came along with, dude, dude, you have an offer from us. We would like to work with you. We would like to work with you. Come to our camp this summer, and maybe we can work out a marriage. But come to camp. And uh, I think that's just kind of the situation with uh, with Riddick, who does on the looks test, uh, he passes that one with flying colors. He is a, uh, he's a, he's a man. He's a total man. So yeah, I, he's the kind of guy that I want on my football team. I mean, we've said that before. I said this um, about several guys Alabama signed that, that haven't even signed out. Signed, I mean, uh, panned out, uh, let, let them off the bus first, whatever that old saying. So Jimmy, that's going to do it for today's podcast. I uh, want you to go check out Locked On College Basketball. Maybe not today. Maybe not today. I don't want you to not check out Locked On College Basketball, but just maybe not today because I bet you they, they're on, they're on Alabama pretty hard. So don't get depressed or go there and get mad at them, whatever. Whatever you want to do. That's why people listen to Feinbaum, right? Go check out Locked On College Basketball. You'll love it. It's a lot of fun. They do talk a lot about Alabama, and I do appreciate them. Go check it out. And, Jimmy, we will be back tomorrow with more Locked on Bama. And we're going to talk a lot of recruiting stuff, so be sure to be back with us. We'll also hopefully be talking about the Philadelphia Eagles and their Super Bowl appearance behind Jalen Hurts and Landon Dickerson and uh, Devontae Smith and, I mean, uh, Josh Job, right? That's right. All right. All right, buddy. We will talk tomorrow. Until then, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.